morning, everyone. Am I on? Can you hear me all right, everyone? Excellent. It's very true what Kenji just said, isn't it? It's been a bit of a year of ups and downs for everyone, hasn't it? If you were here with us last week, we spent some time looking at the subject of lament and just acknowledging the sadness and things that we've missed in this last year. And as we look towards Celebration Sunday, which is in two weeks' time, I think it's really good to acknowledge that life has highs and lows and ups and downs, doesn't it? So I'm going to try something. You haven't done this before. I'm hoping the camera can zoom in on our lovely piece of paper here. You've ever tried to plot your emotional journey over a period of time? Okay, I'm going to give this a go. I'm not an artist, I warn you. So, along the bottom, we're going to put time. For these purposes, I'm going to try and plot the last year to 14 months. So we're going to start here in February 2020. And now is there. So just put a few markers. If we put lockdown one, we put the summer. Lockdown two, Christmas. See, I'm an artist. No, no, I'm not. Lockdown three, and there's now, okay? You can try this at home. It's quite good. And your starting point is in the middle. And basically, that is how you were doing in about February 2020. Whether you were feeling great or feeling rubbish, that's your starting point. And if you're feeling better than that at any point, you go up. If you're feeling worse at any point, you go down. Should we change colors to make it a bit more exciting? So I'm just going to share a bit of my journey the last few months with you. When February 2020 happened, lots of emotions. Personally, for me, I took a bit of a crash, to be honest. I came right down. Um, those first few weeks, the anxiety was really high. It's when you're anxious about doing anything, seeing anybody, isn't it? Getting close to anyone other than your family. Um, and at that point, our kids were both at university, so I was really concerned about them. So our son in halls of residence with 300 other young people. So quite anxious. Thankfully, we managed to get them back home before the lockdown. So then things settled down a bit. So after that initial crash, came up a bit, you know. And actually, I'm, I'm quite an introvert, and many of you may know I love gardening. So that's a lot of introvert time, a lot of gardening. So, you know what, it's, it's not too bad, this. Church online, I can sit and do my pyjamas. And the summer came. Oh, I like the summer, a bit of sunshine, a bit more gardening. Quite, quite fun. As the autumn got near, got, oh, I'm getting a bit fed up with this, really. Oh, I'm a bit down, you know. But still, not too bad. A bit down a bit. And you hit Christmas, That's, that was all right, yeah. Don't know about you guys, January, February hit. Oh, oh, I've had enough now. A bit fed up. Can't go and do my gardening, it's too cold, it's wet, it's miserable, the nights are drawing in. I, I really, at that point, I'm like, now that's it, now I'm done with this, this pandemic business. I, I've, I've really had enough. But then the spring comes, the numbers are looking better, weren't they? I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe we're coming out of this. That's me, that's my little journey. Yours may look completely different. There is no right or wrong answers in this, is there? Um, I think it's a really useful and interesting exercise. And then I got given my passage for today. And it challenged me a bit. Do you know what? Some of these low points, you think, oh, it's fair enough, really quite justified. We've had a bit of a rubbish year. I'm quite justified to feel rubbish about this. But today's passage, I think, really challenges that doesn't challenge our emotions because we can have highs and lows and that's fine, but it's about how you feel and how you cope with those low points and what you project on other people. 
So we're continuing our series today on hope. And today we're going to have a look at um, having a great attitude. We're going to read from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4. If you'd like to turn to it in your Bibles or on your devices, um, if you're in a paper Bible, it's towards the end of the New Testament. Um, if you've actually got a dial-up device, I'm actually going to look at the message version today. So I think this really um, opens up the passage for us. Before we do that, let me just pray. So Lord, we thank you for your Bible. Thank you, Lord, that it can speak to us today. And Lord, I believe that what you've written here today really speaks into the situation of the last year. So Lord, I ask that you would really open these scriptures to our hearts today. Speak to each and every one of us individually, Lord. Show us what, we want, what you want us to see. Amen. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Those again from the message version. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. You've already put in your time in that God-ignorant way of life, partying night after night, a drunken and profligate life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore. But you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God himself. Listen to the message. It was preached to those believers who are now dead, And yet, even though they died, just as all people must, they will still get in on the life that God has given in Jesus. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other, as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything, on calls to the end of time. So having just drawn that graph... Those first few verses really challenged me. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through, and more, learn to think like him. I think this passage really talks about our attitude, and it's talking about taking on the attitude of Christ. It doesn't say that our emotions can't go up and down. That is really part of being human, isn't it? But what it's talking about, what was our attitude at those low points? Was I unpleasant to be around? A bit angry, a bit stroppy, maybe complaining that this is just not fair. Basically, did my attitude stink? Or was I peaceful and accepting of the circumstances I couldn't change, but hopeful of better things to come? The NIV version says this. It says, arm yourselves with the same attitude of Christ. That sounds easy. Not. But how do we go about doing that? Is there any hope that we can actually change our attitude, even when circumstances are really tough? 
So I think there are three steps in this passage that really give us hope that we can actually affect and change our attitude. The first hope that this passage talks about is living our days to pursue what God wants, living for his purposes, rather than, as the message says, being tyrannized by what you want. That's a big word, isn't it? A big, strong word. When I look back at this last year, a lot of my low points, quite frankly, are to do with what I wanted. I was frustrated, I was bored. I wanted to go out and see my friends. I wanted to go to a restaurant so I didn't have to cook a meal. I wanted to see my family, hug my mum. I wanted to see my friends. And there's nothing wrong with these things. But there's an awful lot of I want in there, isn't there? Maybe the bigger question should have been, what was the Lord doing in those times? What was he wanting me to learn or to do? And what were his purposes? Was there something of my attitude in these difficult times that needed to shift? You know, if we call ourselves Christians here today, then we have given our lives to Jesus. So perhaps we should ask ourselves, whose time is it anyway? And who is being restricted by the pandemic? I don't believe God is being restricted. So perhaps it's my plans and my purposes that are being restricted. What purpose am I living for? If you don't consider yourself a Christian, you're really welcome here today. We're really glad you're with us. But you know what? I think this is a great question for everybody to ask themselves. Is our life simply to be lived for our own desires, or is there a higher purpose? It's one to really think about, isn't it? The second way this passage shows us that there is hope that we can change our attitude is in, in verses um, 7 to 11. It talks about love. It talks about loving one another, as if our life depended on it. The NLV puts it, to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Some people are really easy to love, aren't they? Some people are a bit more difficult. What about that person who cut you up at the traffic lights this morning on the way to church? Or that person at work who just really drives you up the wall? Or maybe someone on social media who is really offensive about something you posted? Some people are a lot more hard to love. So what hope is there that we can change our attitude to people that we find it hard to love? Well, the passage says, try this one, pray for them. If you don't know what to pray for someone you find really difficult, just simply pray God's blessing on them. I think it's really powerful at changing things. Generally, it changes us. I have to say, it changes our attitude. So if someone cuts you up at the traffic lights next time, why don't you pray for them, bless them, Lord bless them, rather than just saying something else less appropriate. For that co-worker you're struggling with, why don't you pray for them just every day, just pray God's blessing and success on them. Likewise, if you're critical on social media, you may want to mute them, but why don't you pray for them too? Andy put it this way last week, he said, repay evil with blessing. That's a real challenge, isn't it? Blessing is a really powerful tool to change circumstances and to change our own attitude too. About uh, 20 years ago, I worked in science. Some of you may know that. And I had a boss I really struggled with. I got really frustrated, um, really indignant, and frankly quite angry with her at times. I was really struggling. And someone made the suggestion, why don't you try praying for her? And I thought, well, nothing to lose is there. So I prayed for her. And I have to say, it really changed my heart towards it. It helped me to see the way that God sees her, saw her. Um, and I, I didn't really know what to pray, so most of I just prayed blessing and success on her. And about six months later, she got promoted. 
She actually got promoted away from my team. <laughs> Love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Try it, it's a really good one. The third way that this passage um, helps us to change our attitude is through serving others, in verse 9 onwards. It talks about meals for the hungry, doesn't it? A bed for the homeless, being generous with what you have. The NIV talks about using what gifts we have to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. One of my abiding memories of this last year is the transformation of this worship space, our auditorium, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, the video team are just going to play a short video, just silence, so we can just watch it, just to remind ourselves what happened. Basically, they turned the auditorium into the food bank, didn't they? They moved it out into here so that we could have plenty of space, massive donations. I mean, look at that. That is something, isn't it? Love seeing that. When we couldn't meet in person and sing our worship, we all demonstrated it through serving the least in our communities. I know for many of our teams, serving those families in need that is what lifted them out of some of these low points in the lockdown. When they were maybe bored or on furlough, serving those in need and administering God's grace to those people changed their perspective and it changed their attitude as well. And what's more, the Bible says that way God's presence will be evident in everything through Jesus and he'll get the credit. Again, it's taking the focus off me and what I want, isn't it? And it directs it back towards God's purposes and his plans. And doing so, it changes our perspective and also our attitude. Um, I'm going to invite Tim up to come and share with us. Um, Tim and Rachel lead our small group. And both Tim and his wife work in healthcare um, settings. So I think it's fair to say a bit of a rough year. I think there's actually a picture in a second. There we go. Oh, gosh. I mean... I can't imagine that for five minutes. I can't imagine wearing that for a whole day, Tim. That's 12 and a half hours. <sighs> so Tim is just going to share a little bit of his um, experience of this last year. Uh, thanks, Bethan. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, so I, ju I just want to share with you two opposing sets of attitudes um, that I've experienced. And I believe that these attitudes, you'll be familiar with them, probably. Hopefully, they will resonate uh, with you, perhaps in a team setting, being at work, at school, college, or perhaps in a voluntary team. Uh, as mentioned, I am a nurse, and I had the amazing privilege uh, to go back to intensive care. That's my background. Uh, mo most of my years in my career, I've worked in children's intensive care, but they asked us to go and work in adult intensive care because of the, of the pandemic during the wave. Now, nurses are often referred to in the media and our society nowadays as, as heroes. You hear that quite a lot. However, I would suggest and plea that that is not particularly helpful because actually we are just human beings trying to do our jobs. Um, I can tell you that nurses are very much human beings and we have varying attitudes at various times. We are human, just like the rest of you. One of the key aspects, though, to working in intensive care is the teamwork. So during a 12-hour shift in intensive care, you know, the nurse that's, um, it will be assigned to one patient usually. And it's an intense environment. 
How many people watched the football yesterday or saw yesterday that footballer that had that sudden cardiac arrest? Yeah, if you want to see intense, look at those players' faces and what was going on. That's, that's what intensive care is like. Thankfully, it's not always that we're having people who are needing CPR. But by the way, if, if you don't know how to do CPR, please go and learn how to do it. It's really important. Save a life. The severity and the acuity of a patient can absolutely vary, and that has a direct impact on workload. So, one particular shift, I was looking after two patients. Remember that we usually look after one because we were short-staffed. One member of the team was consistently asking me and other team members for help with their one patient. But of course, we did it. We gave support. That's what we do in intensive care. We're a team. But interestingly, when it came to needing that team member to help us in return, they were always engaged and unable to help. There was always some excuse well, they couldn't help us at that time. There was a consistent message that came out during the shift, but also over many shifts. They rarely offered their help. And when they, when they could see that me or another colleague were overwhelmed in comparison to their own workload, they didn't look up and look around. This person was often sat down at the end of the shift while the rest of us were running around trying to sort things out still. There was a sense that this staff member was rather self-serving of their own interests, never seeking to advance what we were trying to achieve together as a team. Never contributing, but always taking. <laughs> Working with that person felt incredibly frustrating. That was how I felt. Unsupportive, and I often felt used by them. Essentially, their, their attitude just stunk. It, it, it really stinked. And nobody wanted to work with them, in all honesty. But conversely, on another shift that I did, I found myself, again, working at double pace, trying, to hard, uh, trying hard to keep up with a long list of uh, medicines uh, that one very poorly patient uh, needed, plus regular patient turns and clinical interventions. And one of the team who was working with me that day could see that I was really busy. She came and asked me and said, what could I do to help? A little later, this person uh, sent me on a break, and she said, hey, Tim, go and have your half an hour, but take a little bit longer. It, I've got this covered. It's, it's all okay. When I came back from my break, this person had continued to tackle the long list of tasks that I needed to be completing for that patient. They didn't need to do that. They, were, they had their own workload that they were doing, but they, they started tackling that list for me. But what they could see, and the reason they did it, is because they could see that the rest of this shift was going to be really busy. They had their eyes open on the bigger picture. Working with somebody like this feels great. I hope this resonates with you in your experience in teams. I hope you get to work with people like that. It feels supportive. An encouraging word amongst a difficult shift goes a long, long way. It feels loving. It's not a romantic love, it, but the love that Jesus talks about, which is serving and kind. It's an attitude that is approachable and somebody 
who is a pleasure to be with. That's great, Jim. Thank you. So, <laughs> so a really tough year you've had. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. But an attitude makes a world of difference, doesn't it? A massive difference. Tim, before you go, I'd actually love to pray for Tim. But I'd also really love to pray for anyone who's been working in healthcare in this yeah. last year. Um, if you're online, can I just say, can you just shout, I don't know, put type, that's me or something like yeah. that into the chat, because we're going to pray for you guys too. Yeah. If there's anyone here in the room, anyone who's, pre- who's worked in healthcare this last year, caring for people, would you just stand up for right. us? I'm hoping there are some. Excellent. Brilliant. Bless you. Thank you. Mm. Okay, everyone else mm. in the room, can you just turn around mm. and just mm. put your hand up? You obviously yeah. can't move. Yeah. Um, online, guys, if you can type your prayers, that would be great. But let's just mm. pray for these guys mm. and all that they have given out in the last year. So, Lord, we just thank you for Tim, and Lord, we thank you for these people mm. represented in this room who have worked in healthcare this last year. Lord, would you come and fill them right now with your Holy Spirit? Come, Jesus. Lord, where they have given out so much, would you fill them up now? Would you replenish them? Would you strengthen them in every way, Lord? Would you strengthen them physically, emotionally, spiritually? Hold them up, Lord. And Lord, thank you that your arms are a safe place to just process this last year and the difficulties of it. So we pray for each of the people in the room, and Lord, each of those people online, that they would come to you with all this really tough stuff because your arms are wide open for them. Yes. Restore them, Lord. Fill them up again. And Lord, would you bless them too. Bless each and every one of them, Lord, and give them the rest that they need. And strengthen them, yeah. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Thanks, Tim. So as Tim has shared, even in really ridiculously difficult circumstances, our attitude makes the world a difference, doesn't it? So let's see what each one of us can do this week, just to live for God's purposes, not our own. Let's love everyone as much as we possibly can and let's serve others as well. For those of you that are in small groups, we've actually written some materials this week to unpack the subject a little more and you can get an opportunity to draw your lovely, delightful graph and talk it through. I just think small groups are such a great, safe place to really process our emotions, our difficulties, our ups and our downs. Um, If you're not in a small group, get in one. Invite yourself along this week. You'll be most, most welcome. I think it's just really important that we we process these things as we go through this journey, as we head towards celebration. It's hard to celebrate when you're still holding on to difficult stuff, isn't it? So let's do that. Okay. I invite you to stand with me. Let's just see what God wants to do. Andy, do you want to come and join me? Do you know, I was speaking to someone um, in the week who went through some difficult stuff last year, as many of us have, but every time we touched on it, Tears came to her eyes. 
And I just thought, I don't think you've really worked that one through. So I guess, is there anything, that, as you think about this the last year, that every time you think about it, tears come to your eyes? Is, is God maybe just wanting to just process a little bit more, walk through that journey of healing with you a bit more today? Or maybe there's other things where you just think, oh, that t- situation's so hard, and every time you think about it, you get angry about it, maybe. Or frustrated with someone. What does God want to do in us, to each of us today? What does he want to process with us today? Andy, what else have you got? We need help, don't we? Mm. It's just me. Does anybody else need help here this morning? <laughs> Wonderful, it's not just me. Because there, there is amazing hope, isn't there? And I, and I just sense one of the things the Lord wants to do this morning is just help us just to... There's some transitions the Lord wants to do where we've been living life for ourselves. He wants to shift it more towards his purposes, where we've been um, unable to bless others, that we make those choices to bless others. And, you know, where maybe we've, you know, we'd rather be served that actually the switch to serving others. And, um, and, and we find hope in that. But we need God's help to do that. And so we're simply going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's already here, but we're going to ask for more of his presence. And we'll just wait for a moment. So whether you're in the room or whether you're at home, we can all do this. We can just be present and attentive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us today. So I'm going to just invite more of his presence. And if you're comfortable, why don't you hold your hands out in front of you, whether you're here or at home, just, to, just as a way of saying, Lord, I need help. So come, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we acknowledge your presence. We love your presence. And Lord, in the best way that we can right now, Lord, we say that we need you. Lord, we can't live the kind of life that you long for us to live without more of your empowering presence. So come, Holy Spirit.